Portuguese episode? Both. Both. Hey. All right. We got background music for this one. They might not be able to hear it on the microphone though. This is the first one I've done in flip-flops. It's the first, I was thinking this is the first one I've done wearing a hat. It's the first one we've done poolside. First one we've done not in Canada. First one we've done over an ocean. Yep. <laughs> not the first one we've done drinking. Technically, no. <laughs> not over an ocean, overlooking an ocean. Yeah, no, no, over, over an ocean, over the Atlantic Ocean. We have crossed the oh, Atlantic. Yes, that's what that's I thought true. you meant. No, no, I meant overlooking the ocean. Oh, well, you were right, but not in the way you thought you meant. Yeah, that's true. Well, we missed a lot of things. Too many things to really cover. Yeah. I don't I mean, even remember the, the last... Highlights. What was I think the last episode? The last one was, uh, I think Russia just invaded Ukraine. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's... Really, nothing's happened since. <laughs> No, I think there must have been a more recent one than that. No, I know. the last one was called the Russian episode. Was it really? Yeah. It's Ooh. been a while. People Ooh. wanted us to do one. There was an outcry <laughs> uh, with the Two Ontario people. election. <laughs> yeah, we should have done one. That was that was a whole election we missed. We didn't get one in. But to be fair, it was boring. It was it was the outcome was predetermined pretty yeah. much. It was boring. It was not contested. No, we poor uh, leaders on all the opposition sides. I and, and the and the ruling party <laughs> side. It's just Ontario is a bit of a mess. Yeah, I mean, I worked on the uh, Ontario NDP, henceforth known as ONDP side, and uh, we ran a terrible campaign. <laughs> um, it was just awful. I hated the things I had to say. Um, I still think we had the best platform. I mean, we had an 86-page comprehensive platform. Compare that to the Liberal 16-page platform and the Conservative 0-page platform. It's the same as the last election. Basically. Worked. I mean... Worked once, why change? <laughs> technically, to be fair, the Conservatives said they were running on the budget they proposed right before the election. But... Like... They have no commitment to implementing that budget. I mean, I guess nobody has the commitment to implement their platform. But still, it's like, release a platform. Don't be lazy. That's how these things work. It, but people might not like a platform. If you don't release one, then, you know, you're, you're well, piss less people off. That's the, that's the wonderful thing about being a conservative. Your base is going to show up. Unlike the other parties. So you only really need to campaign if the other parties look like they're going to run a good campaign. And the Ontario Liberals and the Ontario New Democrats didn't. I will say the Ontario Greens did. It just doesn't matter because of the Greens. <laughs> um, but the ONDP and the OLP didn't run a good campaign. And so Doug Ford really just let us sit back and let it happen, you know? He only showed up, showed up to like just the quote-unquote official debates, didn't go to anything else. He told all his candidates to not go to local debates. He said, just don't show up. Don't do anything. You won't piss anybody off. And our vote share will show up. And he's right. And it worked. Yep, nobody voted. 57% of Ontarians didn't vote. 43. Lowest voter turnout in Ontario history. Um, so? The problem is those other parties need a dynamic leader if they want to get people out to vote. Yeah. And, and they don't have, neither no. have one. Well, they might now. We'll, we'll see. see. Here's what I think, though. As long as we're under first past the post, if the majority of your riding doesn't vote, you don't get an MP. That's it. You elected nobody, you get nobody. And see how people start voting then. You get no one. Well, Australia, you can just make and it then, like Australia where you have to vote. Yeah, I don't, I don't, 
I don't like the narrative of you have to engage in your rights. I feel like if you have the right to do something, you have the right not to do it. Yeah. As much as I encourage civic participation, and I think everybody should vote, I don't think you should have to vote or face financial penalty. Um, also, fines always benefit or hurt the poor more than anybody else. $250 fine is not the same for somebody on 20000 a year as it is for somebody on 500000 a year. Um, but yeah, I, don't, I, just, I hate low voter turnout. It drives me crazy. It's Canada, though. I mean, it's not just Canada. The last Portuguese election only had uh, 51.7% turnout, which is, like, really high compared to the 43 Ontario just had. But, you know, Canada regularly has 55 to 66. I get it, turnout, though, here. It would be hard to leave this uh, Oceanside pool to go vote. You might not have to for some of these towns. Like, the voting Online machine might voting? be on the beach. Online <laughs> on the beach voting, yes. That'll encourage everybody to get out there. We had a couple of interesting excursions. In Portugal. In Portugal. Yep. The FUD on, was it Tuesday? I don't know. I don't know what day of the week it is, Dad. Yeah. We're we, on vacation. We, we went for a, a walk along the ocean, along the beach. Like a long walk. There's a there's a town. We're in we're in. Uh, it's called Praia del Rey. It's not really a town. No, no, it's not a town. But the beach is. Well, yeah. Praia is beach. Yeah. Del Rey, and that's where we are. And and a ways from us there is a town called Farrell. And uh, something beach. So another beach. Bra Braille, Braille, Braille. Baleo, 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 or something Baleo, like that. Something Baleo like that. Beach. Famous for surfing. Yeah. Um. So. You can see it. I figured it was about four and a half, five clicks, and it ended up being about that, right? No, it was six. I thought it was only five by the time we got there, but anyway. Oh, maybe, because we, we did do like another, there, yeah. yeah, so probably about five. So we, we were walking along the beach, had a relatively nice but uninteresting walk, a small outcropping of rocks we had to make our way over. And some domesticated and then, dogs. And then we saw some dogs in the distance with no people and we were slightly concerned wild dogs didn't want to get eaten i knew i'd be in trouble uh if you got eaten while we were on vacation yeah but then we went to get closer decided they were tame and then quite an outcropping yes of rocks that we had to bit of a hike, hike across in sandals which is not the easiest thing flip-flops sandals Flip -flops. is generous yes it is <laughs> we made it across made it to feral Feral. Uh, walked around there. Very nice little town. Yeah. 2,500 people. Uh, drink. Uh, good mojito. Good mojito. Crappy fries. No, great fries. And then uh, we took the, some road back, kind of. Road is generous. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, we did walk along the road, street. Yeah, we and were... then Google Maps said turn left. And, and like were... a field it of grass. It was just a field. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then but we found like yeah. some run down field where clearly cars and stuff had drawn up. Which got out. us to the other side of that major rock outcropping. So well, it didn't well. really. It got us to the top to yeah. of that outcropping, exactly, like, and we could have gone left or right. I feel like that going down on that side that we did was a little safer than going over those rocks. I agree. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, nice walk back. Uh, naked dude playing with his dogs. Yep. And On the beach. Yeah. I saw him on the beach. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, and the other, uh, what's the other one? What else Paniche. Right. Took a cab that time. Yes, took a cab to Paniche. slightly farther. 
but then did a pretty good walk in Panisi, I think eight kilometers. Yeah. First day we ended up 12 kilometers. Yeah. And the next day was eight walking around Panisi, but uh, a couple forts, really nice. Nice pictures, nice pictures streets. Pictures over the view. Great houses. The houses are so much more colorful yeah. than they are in North uh, America. Yeah. And, and yeah, interesting. Yeah. And you met the guy. Which guy? Oh yeah. So walking down. Like a pier. Walking out a wharf, a pier. Yeah, so. Whatever. And I uh, saw a guy walking towards us, and I'm like, it looks like it says Gravenhurst on his shirt, which it surely can't. <laughs> and, but when he's, once he got closer, it did. So we, I stopped him and I said, you're not from Gravenhurst. He said, no, we have a cottage there on Pine Lake. And I said, oh, I'm from Gravenhurst. I'm born and raised. So we had a small chat. It was nice to see fellow Canadians. Did apparently, not get their names. Apparently, no. <laughs> apparently Portugal is a destination spot for... Canadians and I can understand why with days like today. It is, yeah. It's been interesting, like not so much today, but like the first three days we had like cloud cover in the morning, like thick, not like clouds in the sky, like there was no sky. It was a thick layer of cloud that was gray, never rained, um, that would like pass over and then around noon it would go over and it was just blue sky. Yeah. Like there has not been like a day where it's like mostly blue with clouds in the sky. It's no. either been entirely covered or, or blue. blue. Can't see. I mean, you can and see today clouds. it is blue. Yes, today is blue. It's the hottest day so far. And the clearest because there are <laughs> islands you can see that I, I I caught glimpses of before. Well, I saw the big one before, but this little yeah. one right out here. Yeah. First day I'm seeing it. Yeah. Yeah. It's been. It's so interesting how the weather affects how far you can see. Like you think you're seeing out pretty far, and then there's a whole islands that you can now see pretty yeah. clearly that you never know existed. I'm gonna see if I can take a picture and I'll add it to the to the the blog or whatever it's called that we sometimes so you have. can see where <laughs> you can see where where we're doing this one from it is by far the nicest i mean not that your backyard wasn't that nice but this is by far the nicest place we've done one from. oh yeah oh yeah by far well, what else fish. happened in the time that we were off fish water oh that's funny yeah go ahead so uh, first night. We, yeah, it was the first night. We went for dinner at a restaurant here. Seafood. It was it was mostly seafood. Um, and uh, like it was it was like authentic Portuguese cuisine, which is largely seafood because it's, it's basically on one long beach, the entire country. Nice Not as much beach. as Chile is one long beach, but it's still like it's one long nice beach basically. Um, and so we all kind of order and Madeline uh, nothing really she wants on the main menu, but there's something on the appetizer list that kinda of looks interesting. I don't remember what it was called. It was uh, crab? Yeah. And cat shark. And cat shark. I don't know why she thought she was gonna like that. Um, I think but... she might have liked, I'm assuming the, the like inside of a sushi roll thing that was the two little pieces in that big dish <laughs> was the crab rolled in something. Probably, like sushi. If she just ate that, she would have liked it. Yeah. So it what was happened... two bites, but. Yeah. So, yeah, what happened is the waitress came and she put all the stuff in front of us. And I was sitting beside Madeline when it happened, and she put the thing in front of her, and it was a huge, big bowl, huge bowl. huge bowl, with like one little line of like Dude. sashimi oh. off to the, well, it, but that wasn't sashimi, but it looked like sashimi, off to the side of the bowl, and it looked mostly empty. Two, roll, two and, rolled pieces. Yeah, and I just, I immediately had to look away because I started snickering, because it looked like the most pathetic little amount of food I've ever seen in my life. Um, 
and like the waitress and waiters are there giving us our food I'm like I can't be like openly laughing but Madeline can hear me suppressing a snicker and she leans over and she says I did order an appetizer and I and that kind of helped me I was like right 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 okay so they're not expecting this to be your meal because it was nothing at all it was two bites uh yeah it literally was. two bites uh Timbit would be more filling probably um, yeah <laughs> and, and then the waitress comes over with uh a broth. A, a, a broth and like some sort of and she pours it in and it's like this thick green it wasn't like, thick it was thin it was, no but like it was not thick opaque it like was, it, it, it was and it was pungent yeah and it smelled like dirty seawater yeah it did and poured it over Madeline's um two bites what might have been considered the edible portion <laughs> but and, good on uh, that and Madeline kept a straight albeit disgusted face <laughs> But she also tried it. Yeah, she did try it. Um, but we were all, except for mom, laughing. Uh, hysterically. Hysterically. After the servers left. Like, we couldn't hold it in. Um, it was very funny. Uh, Madeline tried it. It was terrible. Everyone else, I didn't try it because I'm vegetarian. But I you tried and, it. It was terrible. Yeah. Angie Shell tried it, I think. It, 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 it was. It was, it was, it tasted like dirty seawater. <laughs> like, it, it was, it tasted like rotting <laughs> fish. It was awful. <laughs> That's uh To be fair to the restaurant, my dinner was fabulous. And my dinner was fabulous. Probably the best dinner dinner I've had here so far. Me too. Agreed. Although the, the pasta I had the second night was really phenomenal too. For just like a pasta in a red sauce. It was great. Um And then Mum's was okay. And I don't, I don't think Auntie Sh- Mum had the first quail. Night. Yeah, no. And then Auntie Shell's She got was... the quail, but she got the small quail. She got, like, the little brother of Mum's quail. <laughs> like, I think it Auntie Shell's tiny. was fine. It just wasn't a lot. The chicken wing was, like, pinky size. You'd get, you'd get more meat on the chicken nugget. Yeah, it uh, was not a... It was not a chicken... It was the quail wing. <laughs> Let's just say we're not ordering, you know, a dozen quail wings at the, <laughs> at the bar because they're just very small. <laughs> it is an appetizer. A dozen as an appetizer. Yeah, they were trying. okay. But, but it was, two it was still as tasty. a meal. It was still yeah. She still liked it. It just was small. Yeah, exactly. And then I ours were loved mine, and it was filling. Yeah, no, so was mine. Might have been one of the best meals I've ever had in my life. Yeah, it was mine very was, good. Mine was very good. It did look like it had the foam from seawater on top of it. It's fine. Okay. Um, on top of mine, but it didn't taste like it. Whereas Matt's did. Yes. Yeah. Oh. And then, but she tried, tried two bites. She tried this, she tried the broth, which was gross. And she also tried a bite of the, of the sushi filling bit. But by that time it was soaked in the water and it was just gross. It was still gross. <laughs> Tasted like the water. Yeah. So that was interesting. It went uphill from there though. It's been a really, yeah. it's been, a, and I should have a shout out here to, to um, the company that employed me while I had my own company. Uh, as a consultant, Star Diamonds, I spent a lot of time in Saskatoon at a Marriott, and uh, I was able to amass quite a number of points, and uh, that pretty much paid for this. Yeah. And Thank I gotta you. say thanks, because this, uh, this is well worth it. The good. This is fantastic. Yeah. The waves in the ocean have been huge. I highly recommend. Yeah, well, this is just down in um, Panish? Panash? Panish. Panish. Just down in Panish, there's a stop on the surfing tour i believe in august or september so the waves get bigger than what we saw so they, they've been big but they get bigger yeah gorgeous everything is gorgeous yeah anything else boris johnson oh. resigned boris johnson resigned today that's that's not something we've missed that is very current that is current. we are 
on it with the Boris Johnson resignation. That's why we're doing today. Isn't that really? But. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Boris Johnson resigned. Uh, you know, he was... He became prime minister after Theresa May resigned because of Brexit, who became prime minister after David Cameron resigned because of Brexit. Um, so now Boris Johnson resigned not because of Brexit. Um, the, the sort of, like, straw that broke the camel's back was the deputy chief whip uh, was a Boris Johnson appointee, and he had, like, 13 sexual assault allegations against him. And Just after... 13? Just 13. Just 13. And after a day of lying, that went from like, oh, we had no idea these happened. Or like, well, we didn't know there's anything specific. Well, we didn't know how bad they were. Well, we didn't know how many there were. Um, like these horrible lying excuses. He eventually came out and was like, yeah, I knew. I knew it happened. Um, which then caused two cabinet minister, like senior cabinet ministers to resign. It's followed by like people, I think, right? All together? 20, no, it's 30. 30, 30, 30, 30, yeah, 30. is two. But here's the thing. I don't fully understand how the executive works in England because there's junior cabinet ministers, there's senior cabinet ministers, there's parliamentary secretaries, there's like ministers outside of cabinet. But 30 people with titles who weren't backbenchers resigned. Only two were senior major cabinet ministers. Um, and after that wave of resignations, even Boris Johnson's closest allies were like, dude, you gotta go. Um, and he fired them all. Uh, and then the next day he decided to go. Um, Did he hire them back after so, he decided to quit? No, he's appointed a brand new cabinet made up of the uh, bottom-of-the-barrel scrums who have no business being in a cabinet but are the only people who will be in cabinet now because they recognize this is their only chance to be in cabinet no. um, as a caretaker government because um, uh, Boris Johnson is staying on as prime minister until a new Tory leader is elected in the autumn. He's pulling... What, and here's a segue for you, what he, we in Canada call a Jason Kenney. Because, also what we missed, Jason Kenney resigned. That's right. Jason Kenney, Premier of Alberta, leader of the not-so-united Conservative Party, um, the governing party. He, after facing a uh, leadership vote, after weeks and weeks of saying all he needed was 50 plus one, all he needed to pass was 50 plus one, he'd stay on. He got 51.7, and he quit. <laughs> he said it wasn't enough to stay on. It was enough before it happened, but it wasn't enough after it happened. He was lying before. Yes, he was. Um, so he's resigning. He is staying on as Premier until the UCP picks a new leader on October 6th. And uh, there's quite a lineup of people running for it. There's Brian Jean, former leader of the opposition, former leader of the former Wild Rose Party, a lot of formers. Um, uh, he sort of spearheaded the effort to get rid of Jason Kenney. He's running. He's considered one of the two frontrunners. The other is a woman named Danielle Smith, who was leader of the Wild Rose Party and leader of the official opposition before Brian Jean. She is infamous in Alberta politics for leading all but two of her MLAs um, when she was leader of the opposition to join the governing party. Um, so that made her quite infamous and unpopular with many people. She, this was before the United Conservative Party was a thing. So she um, merged basically the Wild Rose and the Progressive Conservatives. Um, and that made her... And Brian Jean was one of the two MLAs who stayed behind. So she and Brian Jean did not like each other. And interesting side note, didn't you think you think that you talked to Brian Jean's son? I did. I... I 
I, I, I wasn't going to put that on podcast. I think that's his privacy and Fair keep his family life. I did speak to Giant Jean's son. It's just cool that you spoke to his son. Yes, it is. Um, and then there's Travis Taves, who I think is, he's probably like the third place. He's the finance minister currently, or he was before he decided to run. Um, he, uh, I think he'll win. Because he, I think he's in third, like, right now, but he'll be enough people's second choice. You don't think Brian Gene will win? No, no. Travis Taves will win. Um, he's in first, and it's a ranked choice. The first place never... Peter McKay, Maxime Bernier. They first place win. is the worst. Unless you have a very commanding first place. Um, but, like, if you have a narrow first place, like Brian Gene or Daniel Smith... You want to be in second. You want to be in second or third. Like, like polling-wise, Travis Taves is in third right now, but he is probably both all of the Daniel Smith supporter and Brian Jean supporter's second, second choice, choice because they're not going to be each other's second choice right um, or at least enough but anyway Travis Taves finance minister recently lost four billion dollars of COVID uh, relief from the federal government no idea what happened to it um, so how do you lose that, four billion that's dollars? a good question that's uh, that's the question being asked right now and yet to have a good answer but we lost four billion dollars somewhere um so that's great. just forgot to carry a zero? I guess. So that's what you want out as a finance minister. <laughs> and then, like, a mayor and a few other former ministers who aren't going to win. Um, nobody else important is running. Uh, so that's interesting. And then federally, recent development, conservative leadership race that was happening, I think. Probably. When um, Patrick Brown's been disqualified for... Um, Spending. Yeah, he, he broking, breaking it? financing yeah. rules. The allegation is like a lot, like some company is paying most of his campaign's bills, um, which is not allowed. So that was he He's was appealing, though. he was yes he is. I don't think it'll go through, um, but he was considered largely the second place contender. By which most, means he might have won. Which means he might have won. Although Pierre Polyev supposedly has a very commanding lead. His campaign claims to have signed up 300,000 members, and there are only 625,000 uh, eligible members to vote. I guess we'll find out come vote time, because with that many members <laughs> of voting for him, it should only take one round. Yeah, exactly. He should win. If he doesn't win on the first round, he's in trouble. But uh, he should win on the first round, and I think he will. Um, the thing is, with Canadian politics, we're boring. Whatever the most boring outcome is, that's probably what's going to happen. <laughs> like Jason Kenney resigning, the not boring outcome would have been either he failed the leadership vote or he just passed but decided to stay on despite clearly not having enough support, you know? So what's the most boring outcome? Pierre Polyev wins on the first ballot. That's probably what will happen. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. John Charest is still there, not making much of a splash. There's three others who are also making zero splash. Um, but I have to say, Patrick Brown's probably the skeeviest politician in Canada right now. Mm. Yeah. Like, he, he was like a good conservative boy, and then the sexual assault allegations, he got ousted from the Progressive Conservative Party of Ontario, so then he decided to run for some regional chair, and Doug Ford blocked him from doing that, so then he decided to run for mayor of Brampton, which he won, but clearly has no interest in, because he took his first opportunity to jump back into federal politics. And even before that, we had lots of complaints from city council about his corrupt and disinterested. Um, clearly, Mayor of Brampton was just like a placeholder job. 
And he's not, he's being very coy about whether or not he's even going to run for re-election because he wants to see how this conservative thing plays out. You know, like, he just, he's just grubby, power-hungry little rat man. Um, Yeah, and, like, I feel like every time he runs for something, his reputation worsens, you know? Yeah, it's hard to do. Yeah. But, yeah, I think Pierre Pelleo's probably going to win. That'll be interesting. But it seems to be an issue with conservative parties uh, in all Western democracies. They keep, like, eating themselves. Yeah, he's pretty far right. We'll see what happens. I don't know. I think this election was really a chance for the conservatives to walk all over the liberals. And uh, they still may. They still may. But Well, they're going to benefit. Depends if from... Justin sticks. Yeah. Or decides to leave. He should leave. He should leave. He should resign. Although, I don't know, I think Christia's reputation is starting to fall. She's made some pretty out-of-touch comments as finance minister. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, yeah, I think the conservatives... But it's, it's, Again, but if, if... I'm just not sure in Canada that hard right is going to fly. We'll see. But here's the thing. There's going to be liberal exhaustion, right? So, federally... If the liberal, if everyone's exhausted from the liberals and they run like a meh campaign and the NDP run a meh campaign like they normally do. Liberal exhaustion, but is it liberal exhaustion or is it Trudeau exhaustion? Well, that's what we'll see, right? It's a new leader and a better campaign. I think they still can take it, especially if Puliev is the leader. If if it's somebody else, then maybe not. No party... No party's won four elections in a row since um, uh, the 50s. Oh, wow. Who was that? Uh, it was William Lyon Mackenzie King into Louis St. Laurent. No party, no party has run four elections in a row under the same leader since Wilfrid Laurier, who served from 1897 to 1911. But the Liberals did run... The Liberals were in charge for 22 years, winning several elections in a row, but that was William... All right, take two. Yeah, so we got... Uh, we just did off. 20 minutes. Uh, Picked up pretty much from the right spot. Yeah. But it recorded three seconds. Yeah. Uh, so I was saying that the Liberals won more than uh, four elections in a row, but it was under different prime ministers. Uh, William I. Mackenzie King into Louis Saint Laurent, uh, but that's not actually the most recent. Lester B. Pearson into Pierre Elliott Trudeau, but again, different leaders um, is crucial there. No leader has won four elections in a row since um, Laurier Harper tried. Um, I think he's the most recent one to actually try. Question stepped down. Mulroney stepped down. I think it helps to have the short cycles. Like the minorities. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, Harper had two minorities and a majority, which has been the opposite of Trudeau. Two yeah. majorities, then, uh, a majority and then two minorities. Um, so they maybe feel like they got more years in them. But uh, we are not, we're not in the age of majority governments anymore. We're really not. And we shouldn't be. No. Switch to get rid of first past the post and have minorities that work together to get things done. Yeah, because right now we're getting first which is, past the which post. Which is the bulk of the world, quite frankly. Oh, yeah. 
most here, Portugal. Portugal has a version of proportional. It's not my favorite version. Basically, Portugal has huge ridings with multiple seats in them, and then those seats get distributed proportionally within the riding. Right. It's not my favorite, but it's more accurate than Canada. Yeah. In the U.S. It's really just Canada and the U.S., isn't it? It's still the U.K. U.K., yeah. Those are the big ones. Um, other big ones, like those are the big, what well, you might consider, this isn't sort of an outdated term, but like first world or developed countries. Uh, I think India still uses first past the post. And then a bunch of like St. Lucia, you know, like small. But majority of the world uses some form of proportional representation, or at least not first past the post. France uses not first past the post, but theirs is still pretty bad. Um, uh, but regardless, we need proportional representation, because, yeah, I mean, already we have minorities and parties will not work together. Um, so we might as well have minorities where... And parties won't work together because they want a majority by themselves, you know? And that's why they don't want to work together. And if you don't, and if you have proportional representation, you know there's never going to be a majority. Yeah, pretty much. Exactly. The odd, odd time it happens. New Zealand just happened in New Zealand, but that's because they had a very competent government, um, and it is the slimmest of majorities. And it's the first time it's happened since they introduced uh, proportional representation. And the big argument I hear against proportional representation is, well, you'll let in extremists. Maxime Bernier was the foreign affairs minister under Stephen Harper. Pierre Polyev was a minister under Stephen Harper and was a finance critic for the longest time. When Roe v. Wade was overturned, we had multiple conservative MPs come out making videos about, like, this is a moral victory for humanity or whatever. Like, they're there. What it really does is it gets them into the mainstream parties. Germany has a far-right extreme party that comes in fourth or fifth place in seats, they're largely ignored. They're never let into government. They sit there, they yell, that's it. So like, yeah, the People's Party would have a lot of seats. Something like, like 20 right now. But who cares? And also there's the argument of, are we a democracy or aren't we? Like, shouldn't people be allowed to vote? You know? 5% of people who voted last time have no representation in Parliament. Like, not even, like, outside of their riding. Right. So, yeah. Um, supply and confidence agreement. Liberal NDP. Is we spent big a lot of time on that last time, but we can. I feel like we can Sum summarize. It up. Yeah. Uh, Liberal NDPs agreed to support the Liberals on confidence matters um, in, until 2025 in exchange for things like dental care, pharmacare, anti-scab legislation, expanded voting days, making it easier to vote, um, things like that. Basically things that are on the NDP platform until 2025. Uh, probably won't last until 2025. I was saying that it's a calculated risk for Jagmeet. Uh, because he knows he's got one election left in him. He's never going to be prime minister. His party needs the time to fundraise because they are broke. They cannot afford another election and right now. Did they actually get all those things? Oh, God, no. It'll look good for him. Oh, if they do. Sure. Maybe. I mean... Ish. Uh, like, the Liberals really... Better than it does now. Yes. 
but we'll see. Um, so he's buying his party time. If he can actually get it done, he has a legacy and accomplishment. He's done right by Canadians and the people who voted for him. Uh, he has every right to do this. This is how minority parliaments work all the time. Um, uh, the last, the previous New Zealand government it's was... Just, it's just tying your, your, whatever, your boat to a sinking ship. Yes. Well, that's the other thing I was talking about, though, is I do meet uh, door knocking for the Alberta NDP. A lot of people who aren't happy about it because they are blue-orange voters. They're willing to vote Conservative. They're willing to vote NDP. They hate the Liberals. So if the NDP look close to the Liberals, which they do now, these voters are going to vote NDP. And these, are, these voters are going to vote Conservative. And these voters are buying the Conservative lie that it's a coalition. Because that is constantly, whenever, basically every time the Conservatives refer to the government right now, they call it the Liberal NDP government, which is not accurate. A coalition means you have multiple parties in cabinet. That is not what this is. There are no NDP ministers, so it is not a coalition. It is a supply and confidence agreement. The Conservatives are knowingly lying to Canadians, and a lot of them are eating it up. It's a problem. Um, but I'm not surprised in the slightest. Um, so yeah, that's that. But the next NDP leader needs to come out as anti-liberal as the Conservatives are, if they want a chance. We're having some technical difficulties. We just had a great interaction with a waiter that we thought was on the podcast, but wasn't, which is really too bad. Yeah, and we talked a lot about uh, Roe v. Wade, Democrats, Republicans, Democrats being impotent. My voice is, my throat's sore. I can't, we've, we, this has happened like three times now. Yeah, we're I, done now. I can't talk we're anymore. Done. We're going back my to voice the pool. Is done. My beer's empty. We'll see you next time. Who knows when it'll be.